Hi, my name is Kayla Keith, and this is Missing Midwest, a true crime podcast about those that have gone missing. Today's story is about a young girl who quite literally vanished in the night. This is Missing Midwest, and someone knows something. Hello. Hey. What's up? Oh, you know, not much. How are you feeling? Casual segue there, Johnny. <laughs> I feel tired and nauseous and um, like I might quite possibly have like a parasite living within me. <laughs> Congratulations, may I say. Yes. To both of us. To you too. Yeah. Be a dad times three now. Yep. We are having a baby. Yes, we are. You didn't pick up on that. <laughs> we tried to subtly tell you and now we have... Just, made it awkward. It's yeah. Nice. I'm pregnant. Uh, we have two kids, and we're having another in April. Yep. We just announced it, so we thought we had to tell our missing Midwest family as well. Um, so if I, like, am running out of breath or sound more breathy. Last time you had to take a couple breaks. I literally had to take breaks last time we recorded because I'm only, what, nine, ten weeks pregnant, and I'm already running out of breath. So we might, uh, will I even be able to speak by the end of nine months? I don't know. But yeah, here we are. Yep, congratulations to us. Yeah, yes. Um, anything else? Merch store is open still. Yes. Linked in our bio. Yes. Get some merch. Um, podcast class, November 3rd, still happening. Yes. Come learn. Yo, give a shout out about the, the fall market you got coming up. Oh, I have a fall. The Jefferson House of Flowers in Kokomo is where I work. My family owns it. We are a full flower shop, and we have a super cute boutique, and we have a fall market on October 7th. It's a Saturday. It's from 9 to 3, and there's tons of handmade vendors. It's all handmade, and it's shopping, and there's pumpkins and mums. There's a coffee cart coming. There's two food trucks coming. That's the main part that I'm excited about. That's the only reason you come, yes, but it is so much fun, and we have our new event space that's open. And I, that is what I'm doing during the day. If I'm not recording or drawing something or making something, I am at the flower shop. And so it's super fun. I do all the weddings there um, and make flowers all day. It's, it's exciting. But that is seriously one of my favorite days of the year. It's one of my favorite days of the year, It too. is a really fun day. The vibe is Our always just 10 out of there. 10. The vibe, yeah, it's super, super fall vibe, like... Coffee shopping pumpkin. Put it on your on your fall checklist of what should I do? Like we get cherry checklist. cider from Hayland's Orchard, shout yeah. out, and we go to the fall market. Yeah. Um, so that's exciting. Anything else fun coming up? Uh Murder Midwest. Oh yeah, I forgot about that one. <laughs> you will be able to subscribe to Murdered Midwest. Um we are going to be providing exclusive content. So all of our missing Midwest episodes are all unsolved cases about missing people from the Midwest. These are going to be murder cases. Some of them might be solved. Some of them might be unsolved. It's basically just more true crime, true crime content. Um, Cause if you're like me, you can't get enough. So if you subscribe, it's $10 a month. You'll get an extra, con- an extra episode every week, every yep. Monday. So yep. murder, murder Monday, murder that Monday. Mondays are horrible. So uh, an extra episode will just maybe be a little bit, it might make your drive to work not that bad. Help you get through it. Help you get through it. Um, so that's what we're doing with that. You, when you sign up, you get, um, you're going to get some fun stuff from us. Yeah. I keep changing my mind on what you're getting, but I promise it's going to be exciting. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we'll shout you out in our episode. There you go. Let's we do for that. Sure, well, for yes. sure. If you subscribe, 
you will get a shout out in the episode. Let's go. If I find you in public wearing our merch, you will probably get a shout out because we're going to be And a hug. Friends. She's going to she's going to embarrass you a little we bit. We'll be best friends. So, yeah. for sure, shout out stickers. We might be able to like give like a t-shirt or something to like That'd be like, fun. Like yeah, our first the first like person October. to subscribe. Or, or just like we we'll take all the October subscriptions and we like, like a randomize everybody. Yeah. I don't we know. got some work to we'll do. We'll do on something. That. We're hyped sure. about it. We We're want you to be hyped about it. Yeah. Um, so that's good. So the first you can subscribe on October 1st and then October 2nd is a Monday and that's when the first episode. Yep. Comes. It's and recorded. So, We're ready. It's ready to go. We have a couple episodes recorded. Let's go. It's ready. Um, so I'll probably drop like a I'm hyped about it, dang teaser it. of which episodes we have coming because they're exciting. Uh, all three. The first three episodes for Murdered Midwest are all Indiana cases. Whoa. So there's a little fact for you. Uh, anything else? Covered yeah. merch? The podcast class? The kid that's coming. The kid that's coming. Gummy bear. Our boys have been calling it gummy bear. It kind of looked like a little gummy bear when we went to the doctor. The sound it did. Yeah, it was like wiggling. Awesome. Taking name suggestions because when you um, research murdered and just absolutely horrendous people all the time, you, there's a lot of names you're not going to use to name your kid. For sure. Um, and our boys, I mean, Roman wants to name it Luke Skywalker, so we definitely are open to name suggestions. <laughs> yeah, that's a no for me. <laughs> you know what's stressful? Buying and selling a house. Just over a year ago, we were in the middle of the process and it was overwhelming. I am so thankful that we had someone like Amber to guide us through the process. She knew what to do and when to do it. You were so concerned about pricing and loans, and I was just concerned with the colors and the layout. Ugh, you remember that? Yes. Amber kept everything in mind, and we are in our dream house because of her. If you are looking to buy or sell in or around the Howard County area, you have to give Amber a call. Or you can just give her a text, 765-865-1118. You can follow her on Facebook at Amber White Realtor slash Broker with Carrie Gruel and Associates. She posts the latest listings, giveaways, and even helpful home tips. We are so grateful for Amber and all her help. Um, are you ready for today's case, though? Yeah, I am. I'm ready. I got my note, my notepad. I'm just okay. ready to write the notes. We're going to Illinois today. I don't know that I've... Have we done an Illinois case? Oh. Uh, Been to Missouri? One? One. Cody said one. He knows more about this than I we do. I remember the name. Yeah. Anyway. So we're going to Mendota, Illinois. <laughs> say it again. Mendota. All right. Just want to hear you say it again. I'm a... Mendota? That's how how I've read it the whole time. Um, We are going to talk about uh, Veronica Blumhorst today. Veronica was 21 years old. She was 5 feet 1 inches, and she was 100 pounds when she went missing. Um, She had really um, short, like, collar-length hair, like, right on top of her shoulders, I guess you would say. Um, Blonde hair, hazel eyes. She wore these little cute wire-rimmed glasses. She was really cute. Um, She went missing on September 20th in 1990. Like I said, she was 21 years old when she went missing. Veronica was the middle child of Paul and Betty Blumhorst. Uh, They actually adopted her when she was seven months old. And they had one other adopted daughter at the time named Carolyn. And then they had a son of their own named Todd. So Carolyn was the oldest. Then they adopted Veronica in the middle. And then they had their own biological son named Todd. They raised their kids in Mendota, Illinois. Population in 1990 was like 7K. Uh, It's about the exact same right now. Like it has only like changed by a couple hundred. I guess. Uh, it's about, what are you going to guess? How many Dollar Generals? Oh, the Dollar Generals. Well, I'm not there yet, but go ahead. Two. You're right. Let's go. <laughs> Plenty to do there with the two Dollar Generals. <laughs> uh, it's about a four hour drive from here where we're at in Kokomo. So not super far. Um, like I said, the two Dollar Generals, um, Paul, 
What did you say? They make it alluring with $2 general. Oh, I thought you said it was boring. I said, how is that boring? There's two. <laughs> a whole day trip right there. Um, so Paul said they were, um, a, they were they were a very close family. Paul had reported that they would take a family vacation every summer, and they let the kids choose where they got to go. Nice. And I thought that was so fun. Yeah. Like, I, I want to be Paul and Betty when I grow up. I want to be brave enough to be like, okay, kids, you pick where we go and yeah. not be a controlling person like I am where I have to plan everything. I want to be able to just tell her. I don't know where we'd end up. I feel like our boys would fully take advantage of We would end up at Kokomo Beach. Ooh, yeah. It could go either way. It could be like Kokomo Beach or like Mars and then throw a fit that we don't go to Mars. Yeah, that's true. Um, They just sound like really fun parents. Um, After the kids um, grew up, Carolyn got married. She was living on her own. Todd was 16. He was in high school. And Veronica was 21. And she was living at home. And she was working at the local grocery store. Um, This grocery store was only like four blocks from her house where they lived. Um, And on September 19th, Veronica worked um, until 1 a.m. in the morning. Um, The next morning, she was supposed to drive her brother to school. He was having some car trouble, so he didn't have a way to get there. And so Veronica had said, like, she was going to take him. However, when Todd woke up and his sister Veronica, she was not home. Um, I can only imagine how annoyed he was (laughs) being siblings, you know. Um, So Todd called his dad and he told him, like, okay, just take your car and I'll look at it later. So whatever car issues, it must have been one of those, like, where you shouldn't drive it but you can or whatever. Sure. It's like, just drive your car and I'll look at it when I get home later. Um, so Paul came home from his job at the fire department. He was a firefighter. He got home around 10 a.m. from his shift. And when he got home, his wife told him that she had gotten up around 2 a.m. And she saw that the outside light was on. Um, and she had seen Veronica's car was parked in the, they had a detached garage and she could see Veronica's car was in the garage, but she didn't ever remember hear her like coming inside that night. Um, but Paul went outside and she was right. Veronica's car. It was a blue Chevy Corsica. Uh, it was in the garage. It was locked just like usual where she always left it. Uh, everything seemed totally normal. So he went back inside, uh, and he checked the entire house. He went through just to make sure. And he confirmed like she wasn't there. So he called his other daughter, Carolyn, um, to ask if she had seen or heard from her sister. However, Carolyn wasn't answering the phone. Right about that time, um, Jeff, um, his name was Jeff Vervica. I'm assuming there's like, I'm assuming that's how you pronounce it. That's how I'm going to call it. Jeff Vervica. Um, he pulled up to the house. This was Veronica's boyfriend. They'd been dating for about a year. Um, so he comes home here. He comes over to the house and Paul's like, Hey, did you and Veronica go to breakfast this morning? Or have you, you know, have you seen her? And he's like, no, I, that's why I came over here. I haven't heard from her or seen her. Um, and so I, was coming to check on her and he's like well you know she's not here i'm and he that's when he said to jeff and his wife that he was going to go over to carolyn's house you know she wasn't answering the phone but the sisters were close and so paul drove over there and it was just across town she was home um she said that she had not heard or seen her sister however she said veronica did have a doctor's appointment later in the day and carolyn was going to go with her so like they had plans to be together that afternoon um So Paul goes back home to his house, and when he got there, the police were there. Someone had decided to call and report her missing. It's not clear who did it, whether it was Jeff or the mom. I'm assuming the mom. Um, But they immediately started searching for Veronica. Um, The Mendota Fire Department came out. Obviously, her dad was a firefighter, so they came out and helped. People came from out of town and volunteered. They searched everywhere. They found absolutely nothing. (laughs) Like, not, not a single clue or piece of evidence as to where veronica could have went um according to paul the search dwindled 
uh, in the days as they passed. And about two to three weeks after her disappearance, like he said, it was pretty much done. Like so they had absolutely out. no idea which direction to go. Listen up. If you're a small business owner like myself, you understand the value of time. There is always something to be done and it's up to you to do it. Your business is your baby and you rarely can trust others with it. But what if I told you that I had somebody that you can trust, someone that can save you time and help your business grow? I do. With Bow Digital, you have access to an entire team that will be there for you with marketing and advertising. It doesn't matter what the size of your budget or your business is. Bow can help you take the stress of marketing off your plate and free up your time to do more of the things you love to do with your business. Bo is a marketing company and a business partner, but my favorite thing about them is that they have become true friends. You can find out more about them and what they offer at bowdigital.com. Take it from me and put a bow on it. We'll be right back. Have you ever wondered what's at the root of homelessness? I used to try to describe it to my husband that um, I said, I feel like I'm in this big spider web and I'm stuck in there. And how wraparound approaches at missions aim to make a difference? It's the things like that. The people who communicated that in spite of my rough edges, that they authentically cared about me. On the Restorers podcast, we'll talk to experts, investigate current issues, share stories, and give you an inside look at how we at Water Street Mission tackle issues related to homelessness and poverty every single day. Join us by searching Restorers wherever you find your podcasts. So her car was in the garage, mm-hmm. and like. So according, <laughs> I'm like waiting for you to say so something according else. According to the FBI website, Veronica left her job and she clocked out at 1:05 a.m. She drove the four blocks to her home, parked her car in the garage, and locked it. She closed the garage door, turned the light off, and left her detached garage. She never made it about the tw- 20-ish feet into the back door of her house. So they have no she, keys to the car? Like the like She was carrying her purse and her car keys, her red smock that she had to wear at the grocery store, and um some VHS, like a VHS tape that she had rented or something. Um those items never were found. Like those were all with her. They were not in the car and they were not found anywhere. So like she, there's no evidence proving that she went into the house? No. But there's evidence that she was in the garage. Yes. That was twenty feet away from they the house. They think that she was taken in between the garage and her house within a 20-foot, like, area. Well, all of you listeners that have a detached garage that you park in every day, just take a little breather here because right? that's terrifying. This is terrifying. <laughs> um, um, so she was wearing a light green short sleeve sweater with a white tank top under it and corduroy cream pants, brown shoes, and a purple satin jacket, and she had a class ring with a blue sapphire stone. None of those items have ever been found either. So... Uh, so yeah, I get. I'm like, wait. Listen, listen. <laughs> I don't um, have very many notes here. <laughs> yeah, because that's it. Paul said his wife has had contact with the FBI in September of 2022, and they said they are still investigating. There have never been any persons of interest or suspects. It's been almost 32 years. Paula and Betty, or Paul and Betty, still have absolutely no idea what happened to their daughter. Um, they do say they do feel like she is deceased. She'd be 54 years old today. Um, so yeah, there's nothing to go on here. I cannot wrap my head around this. When they say like quite literally vanished into thin air, she vanished. Like I I just cannot. So, um, there is like a little bit, so you know how I love, 
um, like genealogy and the familial DNA and all of the crimes it's solving right now. Right. So Veronica's birth mother and half sister had done like one of the familial um, like DNA twenty three yeah, or something, something like that. Like that. Um, and because the DNA connected to Veronica's, um, the FBI reached out to them and were like, hey, can we get a DNA sample? And they wouldn't tell her why. And so she gave it. And then eventually she found out like her birth daughter, they had ne- she had never found where her wow, birth daughter that's was. that's heavy. Jeez. Yeah. And so she Man. eventually found out her birth daughter was a missing person. And so wow. she was eventually able to meet Paula and Betty. Um, and she thanked them for taking sure. care of her daughter and wow. giving them the life that they gave her. Um, and all three of them were able to get together and they had a bench dedicated to Veronica and there's wow. pictures and stuff of like the birth mom and Paul and Betty and like all of this stuff. Um, so, I mean, that's like a very small positive light that came out of it, but I just, it's just a weird one. There's just nothing. I mean, I just hate, you know, she, option one, crime of opportunity. Someone saw her walking into her house and was able to snatch her in that short little area window. Or somebody called her over and somebody she knew was there to pick her up. Yeah. That's, I mean, what else could have possibly happened? I mean, like, did she, I'm sure this wouldn't be in there, but like, did she ever like go out after work? Not with the boyfriend, apparently. I mean, um, so, I mean, I don't know. I just, I, I have so many questions. Okay. So, yeah. like, so was her boy, Mike, here, I'm just going to go through the questions I have written down. Was her boyfriend ever questioned? Was he a suspect? Did the police go talk to her coworkers? Like, were there any creepy men hanging around this grocery store? People that made her uncomfortable? Um, how was she acting in the days leading up to her disappearance? You know, was she nervous? Was she uncomfortable was she acting different um like did they look at registered sex offenders was there any close by that might have you know been keeping an eye on her watching her were the neighbors questioned did they see any creepy cars in the days leading up to her disappearance um like i i don't know i just have so so many things i want to know i I do too i couldn't find it was not an easy one to research there's just like not tons of information on it um I'm going to say it's important for us to still do cases like this because if we look at cases and think there's not enough to go on, then it gets stashed in the back and nobody ever no, hears about it. No, and that's why I did you know? this one. It was like I I was looking into it and it's like there's just there's not tons in here, but I don't know. I just felt like I really wanted to do this one. Um, I don't know. I just wanted to. I, I, somebody, like we always say, somebody knows something. And I don't know if somebody somebody out there saw something at the grocery store or remembers some weirdo that was hanging around or I mean, my question is too. saw something that night. You know, what if the boyfriend, I mean, what if, I don't know, what if he was, what if they had plans and he was going to pick her up after work at her house? Yeah. Or or like, did she ever do that? Like with with friends. Maybe she just went out with a friend. Like maybe there's, there's something missing. Not being able to find like the VHS There's a piece of the story that's missing. My other questions would be like, how regular was this schedule that she would work until one? Yeah. Like, like could somebody have just been stalking for a while and be like, okay, I know that she gets off at one and there's this window of time where everybody else is in the neighborhood is asleep. And there's this opportunity between when she gets... I mean, that's the only thing I can think of. Well, have there been any other missing women from this town in the last 30 years? Like, like there's just there's just so many... Because if, if it's a soccer situation, you know, most likely she is deceased, unfortunately. But that was like one and done stalker, serial, or stalker killer is like not a thing. You know, so like to me, there's just like... That's such a clean 
grab that it has <laughs> it to be to me it has to be like, like a professional it, almost well i was gonna say it doesn't to me seem like a stranger abduction because it was such a short window a yeah. small window of opportunity so they were prepared for this if it was a stranger abduction it was somebody like you said that had been stalking her and watching her knew what she was gonna do and was like okay i have this little little tiny gap of time where i'm gonna have to and, and he couldn't have been in a car right he couldn't have been driving by been like oh there's a girl stop the car, put it in park, and then run at somebody without her screaming or right. or, or getting into the house before right. he got there. I would assume it'd have to be somebody that was already in place and close to her to take her by surprise so she didn't scream if nobody heard anything. Yeah. Or somebody that she knew. I just That's a big uh, chunk of the puzzle yeah. that's missing, and I don't like it at all. Um, so I did join a... There's this Facebook page called Remembering Veronica Jill Blumhorst, and her family is in it, and people that are close with her, and um, they actually... You can't just join this group. You have to answer a bunch of questions, and they let me in. I, and I said, you know, it was a so podcast. shout out. Thank you. Yeah, I said that I was a podcast, and I was researching this. Um I went, like I said, we went ahead and we recorded this episode, even though we have so many questions left. I did post some of my questions. I just got the answer this morning. And so I went ahead and we recorded this today, but I would like to follow up on this. I am still going to be talking to people and we might just have to do little a follow updates, up yeah. update on this episode because the questions that I had, I said, was her boyfriend ever questioned? Um, a woman responded to me and she said, yes. I said, was he a suspect? And she said, yes. Um, I said, did the police talk to her coworkers and were there any creepy customers? She said yes to both of those questions. Um, we talked about it for a minute and she said that there was a creepy guy that was ruled out at the grocery store. She said the boyfriend got a lawyer and did not speak to anyone after. She said, um, anything else? Let's talk. So I want to talk to these people. I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep looking into it because I just still have so many questions. So I will update you all as my the answers to these questions come because i just think there's way too many unanswered questions in this one yeah that's i mean goodness like you said when you finished the story i was like yeah and you know like it's so sad that somebody can literally disappear that fast in their own property you know like just coming home from work yeah i mean wow like when you told me that she was when you started and said you know like she wasn't there to take him to school or whatever i was thinking like okay um he would be upset, but then like, wouldn't he also be like her cars here? You know? Cause like you said that, yeah, like, I, like, like the dad said, yeah, to go take your own car. Wouldn't you be like, well, Veronica's car is here. Like, where is she? Exactly. Yeah. I mean, she lived with her brother, right? She still lived with yeah. her parents. Yeah. And so Todd Blumhorst was, they said like one of the top advocates for finding his sister and he passed away from cancer. Oh. Um, and they said he was never going to give up on finding Veronica. Um, and so they said, you know, although um, Todd has the answer now, he's passed away. And they said, so he knows um, they are not going to give up her family that's here. They um, want this to be resolved um, and they want to figure it out. So um, we are full believers here that someone knows something. So I am still going to, I, I want to look into this one some more. Yeah. And those of you here in this case, I want you to realize like we are literally willing to look into any case. So if you, if you have something in your hometown or, and then there's a case you're like, oh man, there's just not enough information for somebody and to do I an episode. I did not want to do this just because it was going to be a short episode. Like, yeah. That's why I was like, this isn't going to be a real long episode. There's not a whole lot for us to, you know, talk about, but um I don't know. I just really felt like we needed to do this, do this one. I'm not sure why. I just really, 
was drawn to this one and I felt like we should, so we're doing it and I'm not done with it because like I said, we're, I'm talking to some people, uh, and we're we would love to find out what happened to Veronica, help her family, get some closure, um, get some answers. And so, you know, if you know something, reach out, do you have a number for them to, to call? Uh, okay, yeah. If you um, have anything or you think you know anything, you can uh, reach out to the Mendota Police Department at 815-539-9331. Um, someone knows something, and we will let you know if we find out anything else. Hopefully we get some updates for this. Yeah. This podcast is a So Will I Studios production. So Will I.